to address the issues facing Tennesseans today. From 10 News, this is Inside Tennessee. Good morning and welcome to a special edition of Inside Tennessee. Recently, my colleague Robin Wilhoit and I sat down with the governor and first lady of Tennessee for an extended interview. The Haslam's are on the tail end of their eight years in office. And this Sunday, we bring you our extended conversation from the governor's mansion in Nashville. And that includes their best and worst days in office and what's next. Eight years ago, we had the yeah. wonderful opportunity to meet with you at the Capitol right. and talk about your entree yeah. into the, the world of being the governor of Tennessee. Yeah. The three pillars that you talked about with us at that time was education, the economy slash budget, mm -hmm. and um, jobs. And so we want to kind of walk, walk right. through those, right. starting with education. When you look over the course of eight years, what is the hallmark achievement in the world of education under your tenure? Well, I'd say a couple of things. You know, when Tennessee got rated the fastest improving state in the country for K-12 education results, that was a big deal. That's, that's not where we've been. And by the way, that's, that's not just our administration. You know, the folks that came before us set a lot of wheels in motion, but it was about us saying we're going to raise our standards, our expectations. We're going to have an assessment that matches those standards. We're going to have the evaluation tied to those things. So that, that that ball had been started rolling before we got here, and our job was to keep it going. So that was big. I think the second thing, the people, the thing people will remember us for is the Tennessee Promise, mm -hmm. being the first state for two years free of community college or technical school. So those were the hallmarks. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I focused on education for two reasons. One, the world's changing fast. And every time you're out recruiting jobs, they're asking about the quality of your workforce. That's number one. Second thing is, nobody forget what your politics are. You can't question that growing income inequality is an issue. It just that's just what the data tells us. Now the question is, what are you going to do about it? So people say, well, if we just divide the pie differently at work, I, I disagree. I think it's about giving people a fair shot at opportunity, and that at the end of the day, for most people, is going to mean public education. When we were with you, you also talked about your watch. You measure yeah. things. Mm -hmm. um, Still and, and this, this I'm just slower. That's all. <laughs> Aren't we all? The, the, uh, this quote from you was stood out to us in that interview where you said, for too long, we shot too low and settled for too little. Right. And I think we saw some of the consequences when we were ranked in the 40s all the time, but I honestly think the legislature gets it. What would be the biggest mistake moving forward for them to let go of this education um, foundation that you've helped. Right. It's a mistake build. that I think we could make because of some mistakes that we that have happened in the past. You all are familiar with issues we've had around TN Ready and end of year testing. And a lot of people say, well, let's just stop doing it. But I think it's a mistake. Two reasons. One, it's a federal requirement. But second, we need to measure. We need to say, how much did this student learn between last year and this year? How much, how well is this teacher doing at communicating? And, the good teachers want to know that, by the way. They want to know, like, what am I teaching well and what am I not? And so my fear is that because of some of the struggles and issues that we've had with T and Ready, which we own, uh, that people will say it's just all not worth it and throw it out. And, and that would be a big mistake. I think that would ne negate a lot of the progress we've made. Let's talk about the University of Tennessee. Yeah. Um, there has been a lot of change mm -hmm. in, in the past eight years. And I know one of the, the focuses of Chancellor Cheek was to be one of the top 25. Right. Now, where that stands now right. as far as the direction sure. is up to the next right. um, chancellor and president. Um, that being said, 
How do you assess the University of Tennessee? Are they making gains when it comes to the national realm? You know, it's interesting. So you can look, we've obviously had some leadership challenges there over the last, really, 15, 20 years. But it's kind of remarkable, if you look past that, if you look at the quality of our students, never been better in terms of uh, entering ACTs, uh, entering GPAs, and in terms of job placement when students finish. So the quality of the students have never been better. If you look at the campus itself, it's a world different than, you know, than when I'm older than you all, but when folks our age were in school. Um, and if you look at um, kind of the everything from the money they're raising to the, the general health of the university, it's great. Uh, I, I personally think one of the bigger things we've done is the restructuring of the board. We've went from a board of 27 folks to a board of 11. Not because, you know, I, I think, um, you know, we need to restrict, but the idea that the smaller boards, I've always think, no matter what it is, whether it's a hospital, a business, a school, whatever, smaller means more ownership. If it's big, I think, well, somebody else is going to worry about that problem. But if I'm one of a few, I'm going to say, I, I need to own the issue. One question we wanted to drill down on in Knox County specifically, which yeah. is a measurement, and that is, less than 40% of third graders yeah. read at grade level. What does that say to you? It's a, it's a scary sound because, as you all know, and as, as Chrissy talks about about five times a day, you know, you learn to read up into third grade, and then you, you read to learn after mm -hmm. that. And so third grade proficiency is really the key indicator. So uh, the good news is we are making some progress. The, the, the bad news is we have a long way to go. But that's why I think for folks who say, you're expecting too much of our kids, or you know, you're you're testing this end of the year test is causing too much stress. Well, the reality is, if, if only 40% of our kids, third grade, are reading at grade level, we need to introduce a little bit more uh, urgency into the system mm -hmm. because we're not doing anybody a favor if we leave it there. We're going to segue into yeah. jobs yeah. now, and and same question I asked with education: What is the hallmark achievement? when it comes to creating jobs in Tennessee? Well, so we're, we're going to end with uh, close to 500,000 net new private sector jobs in the eight years. Uh, unemployment has hit historic lows. Now, to be honest, the economy has been in a comeback. We came in at the tail end mm -hmm. of the recession. It was over and we were just starting to come out, but unemployment was 10, 11 percent. You know, it's been three, three and a half. But again, some of that is just some winds blowing our way. But I think we have worked really hard to say to job creators, this is a place where we will do everything we can to make certain, if you'll make a capital investment here, that we'll do everything we can to get you the return that you need. Now, we, we can't promise them anything, but we do that by having low taxes. We do that by encouraging uh, reasonable business regulations. And most importantly, we do it by saying, we'll get you the workforce you need. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we've, we've had lots of big, you know, kind of the big announcements that are really fun to make and the, mm -hmm. you know, the confetti cannons go off and all that. But most of our job growth has actually been from existing companies, and that just shows that the environment's good. It's interesting you say that because that's exactly what you were talking about when hmm. we talked about. Um, uh, this was your quote back then in 2011. When we're talking about jobs, it's not all about going out and bringing new folks here. Most of our new jobs are created by small businesses that are already existing in Tennessee. We're going to try to make that easier on them to do that. Yeah. What specifically do you think you helped change that has made it a better business environment for local business? Like two or three things. I mean, I'll give you some specifics. Um, we had a tort reform bill that made the business environment better. We, we changed how workers' compensation works. So you might go, well, that doesn't sound very exciting, but the average business today in Tennessee pays 49% less in workers' comp 
uh, claims in, uh, than than they did before because we not we didn't make it more punitive to the worker. We just made it a more efficient process that got everybody back to work faster. So we've done some very specific things like that. And at the end of the day, being a state with low taxes works. I mean, mm -hmm. the whole no income tax deal, when we go out and sell, we have two or three big advantages in Tennessee. One is we're just at a good place on the map. I'd love to tell you we have this winsome great governor, et cetera, but we're just at a good place on the map to, to get to people. But second, no income tax gets people's attention really quick. Mm -hmm. You gave us really your, your synopsis from eight years ago right. to the present. Let's look eight years out. Yeah. What are your predictions going forward as far as the growth? Yeah, I, I think Tennessee really is positioned well. We have, we have as many people, kind of companies interested in Tennessee now, kind of in the pipeline, as you, if you will, as ever. I still see that organic growth. I mean, take a town like Knoxville in East Tennessee. We haven't had all that many big job announcements, but the market has grown consistently 3 4% since, since, since uh, you know, in the last several years. So I think in the, the business environment's good. At some time, I think that the country's economy is due for a little bit of a correction. We've been on a pretty long uh, period of growth, and just law of averages would tell you sometime in the next governor's term, uh, that, that there'll be some sort of economic correction, if you will. We'll, we'll just all hope it's not too severe because we've been through times like, like we did 10 years ago, and those are, those are gut check times for everybody. Much of the campaign between the two men who'd like to take your job right. uh, has been about health care. What, to, to Robin's point, was your hallmark right. in, in that effort? And we can talk about sort of sure. the loss in the legislature, right. too. Yeah, so, I mean, if, again, if you ask most people, they'd say, well, you know, the hallmark there would be the fact that you had a, a proposal that didn't take off. We, we called it Insure Tennessee, and it was an effort to cover more people through TennCare, Medicaid, what most states call Medicaid. And my idea was to take that uh, population that was going to be up to 135% of the poverty level uh, that was going to be primarily covered um, under the Affordable Care Act uh, and add some more market incentives, some incentives for healthy behavior on the, on the part of the user and some incentives for more economical care on the providers. Um, for our legislature, they felt like it was, well, you can call it what you want, but it's still Obamacare and we don't want to be a part of that. So we couldn't get past that economic hurdle, even though I think what we designed is what Republic was close to what Republicans would do if we had a chance to design it. So to follow up on that, should states take a more active and responsible role moving forward, or is it a question of the federal government riding that ship? Well, you know, I actually think, uh, I'll take your question and kind of raise it. I'm prejudiced, I'm a governor, but I think that states were designed to have more influence uh, than we have now relative to the federal government. I think if you let states make more of those decisions, we would do it more economically, we'd be more efficient, and I think we could do it with, with a better strategic insight. I mean, when I was the mayor of Knoxville, I used to, I could tell you how many uh, cars were in the, the city's fleet, how many mm -hmm. police cars, I could tell you exactly how many sworn officers we have. As governor, I can't tell you that, okay? And the country is so big, there's no way the president uh, Congress, nobody can, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think if we break it down into 50 subsets, I think you'd see a more effective way to do government. Interestingly, one of the things I've seen is, and people say this to me all the time, you know, I don't really mind my local taxes because I sort of know where they're going and I feel like I know what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. State taxes, 
I feel okay about, I don't feel good at all about what I'm spending in the federal government. Mm -hmm. I think you can, if you made it closer to home, then we'd all own the decision. And then if a state said, here's how we want to do Medicaid, then let every state decide. And guess what? Then people say, well, I don't really like Tennessee. I don't like the way Tennessee does it. I'm going to move to Georgia and the state would eventually pay the cost of that. Mm -hmm. yes. Chrissy Haslam, welcome. Thank you for allowing us into your home. Thank you. Glad <laughs> we, to have you. We wanted to ask you, uh, what was your best day in office? I think we probably had the same best day because we get this, sometimes we get this question and I think we probably say the same thing, but I would say it happened earlier than I thought, but um, we got the news from the National um, assessment of educational progress that Tennessee was the fastest improving state in the nation in education. Mm -hmm. And that was so exciting. We, we were going for that goal. We knew we weren't going to become the top state in education, we, but, but to improve was our goal. And so to be the fastest improving was quite uh, an accomplishment. And when we got that news, I think we, we just couldn't believe it. We all were just shocked, surprised, happy. Um, we had a celebration that night, you know, to, to celebrate the wonderful news and of course um, uh, we got it again two years later mm -hmm. but that first time was just pretty amazing we were thrilled does that ring true for you as well governor yeah definitely i mean just because again we had talked eight years ago we'd been in the 40s forever and so mm -hmm. we still have a long way but we're, we're still somewhere high 20s low 30s we still have a long way to go but that that recognition that hey we actually are really making progress and our kids can compete with anybody was a big deal and you you've been a champion mm -hmm. of of reading and early childhood reading especially when we asked the governor about that statistic in knox county less than 40 percent of third graders are reading at grade level when you hear that as a champion of reading what runs through your mind well it's it's too low uh, it needs to be more, but it is, an, it is inching upward, so we're on the right trajectory, and mm -hmm. that's encouraging news. Um, it's discouraging to think that there are over 60% of our kids who are going to start getting behind at the end of third grade because they're not reading proficiently. Um, it's discouraging to think that those are the kids that are probably going to either not finish high school or if they go on to college need remedial work, maybe not finish college or, or community college. Uh, but the good news is that we're um, headed in the right direction, and we're, it used to be lower than that. And um, so we're, we're inching upwards, and it's something we still need to continue to work on. It's, it's, it's a huge ship to get turned around. Um, hopefully we've kind of, we've got it turning and going in the right direction, uh, but we've got a lot more work to do. What is um, a piece of advice you will give the next First Lady? I would say enjoy it. Um, you know, it's an opportunity to work on a project if you want to, but every First Lady does it differently, and you can do it however you want to do it. Um, but uh, you're going you're gonna to learn a lot, and, and so look forward to that, and you're going to meet so many wonderful people. Um, you know, I'd probably say keep a journal, which is what people told me, and I didn't do it. So I would tell her, keep a journal and write things down, because it's just such a special time in your life. I think one of the cool things is this is a job that you actually do get to do together. There's not many jobs that you do, but Chrissy literally went through all through almost two years of campaigning. She's done this. So when something comes up, she knows the people. She knows the issue. She even knows the pot. We were talking about some policy issue yesterday, and she was saying, well, what about such and such? And that, you know, there's just not many jobs that you get to do together as much as you do this one. So that, that part's been kind of an unexpected uh, pleasure for both of us. Like this is, you, know, you talk about a partnership, but it actually really works here. We asked about your best day in office. What, what was your worst day in office? Ooh, um, you know, I think probably the, the morning we woke up at the Gatlinburg fires. Mm -hmm. 
and um, just hearing about all of that and the devastation and uh, it was so much worse than we anticipated that we thought it would be um, and then a close second might be those Chattanooga shootings you don't mm -hmm. expect anything like that to happen and unfortunately it happens uh, everywhere mm -hmm. you just um, but visiting Chattanooga and visiting some of those families and being a part of those uh, Chattanooga strong um, events uh, those were hard days Governor, your thoughts on you that? You know, I'd probably say the same thing. Remember the week of the fires was also uh, with the, the school bus wreck in Chattanooga mm -hmm. that you might remember um, with the children. And then we'd had a tornado in West Tennessee, and actually that came through East Tennessee as well. Mm -hmm. there. So all that kind of was happening in about a three- or four-day period. It looked like everywhere you looked, mm -hmm. there was you know, tragedy happening. Uh, the good news is what I saw in that and the encouragement is I saw all these state agencies that without me telling, like at the fire, I didn't deploy all these people. They just went and did their job. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that's the encouraging side is when you see something tragic like that, it's just kind of, it's amazing. Everybody goes and does their job and it's not looking for somebody to tell them what to do or even to thank them. They're just going to do it. Any, any plans for the future um, that involve political office or anything otherwise for both you, of you? Know, we, I, I've always said she would be great. I mean, literally, I've, I've said that <laughs> I, I, and I mean that. Um, we, we really don't know. I, I've loved this. I've told people this, the 15 years I've spent as mayor and governor have been the 15 most uh, rewarding and exciting years of my career period. Okay, I've, I've loved it. And I'll be sad if I never get to do it again. But there aren't a lot of jobs like being a mayor, governor. Going to Washington's a whole different deal. Going and being, you know, a senator or whatever is a different deal. So I'd have to think about that seriously, just because it, it's not the same thing as what this has been. Would you like to run for office? At any time? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> that was a quick, quick I've answer. Been, I've been through it now. So. Yeah. Have, have there been any moments when you're in office where you think we need to pinch each other because this is this is really special? I mean, I can think of, I could go, I could take up the whole, all your time. I mean, getting to go to a state dinner at the White House mm -hmm. where the United States puts on its very best, you know, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Uh, getting to fly uh, to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan to see our soldiers over there. You know, you're just, there's such a sense of appreciation and insight. There's moments when you're standing on the tarmac as governor and Air Force One pulls up. I don't care if it's the president of your party or not. And the president comes down and then asks you to get in the limousine with him and ride. I mean, again, forget if it's your party or not. You're thinking these are special moments that mm -hmm. people don't get to do. But even more than those things, which are cool, there, there's times when you're somewhere like Chrissy was talking about. You you see some child whose life is different. Or I, I was walking out of the airport the other day, and a guy working at the airport grabbed me and goes, you know, my son's in college now. Uh, and he's, he's on the Tennessee Promise Scholarship. And you go, like, that, that's it. Mm -hmm. Perfect. You meet a lot of important people, but it's so much fun to meet people that you maybe um, wouldn't have expected to meet or, or have people to the residence that maybe would never have gotten invited here. I know when he was in Afghanistan, we invited the spouses of our deployed military mm -hmm. to come to the residence. And um, I always said I had more fun because I, I got to meet the people behind the scenes who were helping them and, uh, and, and share this special place with them. And, what will you miss most? I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll miss this job. We, we have this incredible group of people that we work with, and uh, we all say that like this. Just for this moment of time, we got to be together and doing something that matters. So I, I'll, I'll miss that feeling of every day walking in and think, this matters. Um, and I think that's kind of part of what we all want to do as humans. We, we want to have something that has that kind of impact. So I'll miss that, and I'll also miss... Uh, 
not having to go through security at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> what do you look forward to most about getting back to Knoxville, though? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I might miss having a chef. Yeah. <laughs> I might miss um, my staff who helped me do everything. So um, looking forward to getting back to Knoxville, being with family and, uh, you know, reengaging with our friends. And uh, Knoxville's got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And we, we miss downtown Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think anytime we come, we try to go down to Market Square and, and enjoy downtown. And I'm looking forward to spending some good time down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go ahead. Karen. Well, I, I was going to say, I, it's the same thing. And, you know, we, we lived in Knoxville most of our life. We raised our family there. We're looking for, I mean, it's, it's still home. And so it's, uh, you know, you, you can't make old friends. It's true. I mean, I, we go to church here. We love it. And we see people that we know go to church there and we know people's history like I know that 25 years ago this happened in their life and mm-hmm. you just you can't really replace that well, well uh, lastly governor um, from my perspective Robin made me ask this question but, um, <laughs> we want to know if you still know how to drive <laughs> the truth is I, I, I've snuck out a couple of times okay. like mm-hmm. when we're in when, when we've been home like we'd, we'd sneak out and go get ice cream like a couple of high school kids or something uh, but I haven't driven on the interstate because I didn't the last year of the campaign I didn't so in about nine years so oh, like, oh, yeah. January yeah, 19th like, that afternoon yeah. you know you have trooper protection they'll they'll take you out from the inauguration, and then you're on your own. So that afternoon, when we're heading east on I-40, you might want to steer clear. I do want to just wrap up by just asking each of you this. Who has been your guidepost through mm-hmm. this journey? Um, each, each of you. What has, who has? You know, here's what I think about jobs like this. You need to have some, you have, you need, you have to have a team around you, that's, and those, those folks are critical. But you better have somebody in your life that's not directly connected to your job who is there to help define reality. This is a job where you don't really get good feedback. Everybody either thinks you're the greatest, you're the governor, wow, mm-hmm. or, they're, or they're mad at you. There, there's not really good, helpful, consistent feedback. And so you need some people who are gonna be your, they're gonna be your friends when you're not governor and they love you and care about you as a person and the fact that you're governor is a little bit irrelevant. You, you better have some people, and I've been fortunate both in Knoxville and Nashville to have a group of guys that, that have played that role for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say good friends. Uh, Bill has been so helpful to me in this because I, um, you know, I've, I've never been in this kind of position, and, and so we've kind of, you know, gone through it together, and, and I bounce a lot of things off of him. He gets tired at night, me asking him questions. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, and then, you know, I think my faith has held me strong. I mean, I've really had to lean on that because um, I've been in, in a lot of situations that I've never been in before. And so uh, uh, I've had to step up to the plate when I wasn't sure, like, I don't know if I know what to say or do in this situation. But, um, but I think my faith has really strengthened through that. And um, so that's been a good learning experience for me. And to, to buttress that, you felt like this is a calling. Hopefully, you know, we're, that's what you're going to feel like no matter what you're doing, whether you're being governor or, you know, teacher or whatever. Um, but I, I have. I mean, and that was, that's kind of a sense. There's, as much as I've loved this job, there's some really hard days, too. There's some really, really hard days. And then you have to, you have, to have that kind of conviction. I, this is right where I'm supposed to be. And being hard is not bad, you know. Um, I, th- I tend to think that our character gets formed a lot more in those hard times than necessarily in good times. Um, and so for, for me, it was that sense. I, I tell people all the time that I, 
you know, one point in life I thought about going and being a pastor, and this role has felt a lot more like that than I would, not in terms of, I'm, you know, it's my job to spread my religion everywhere, but in the sense of it's, it's a great chance to serve. I mean, it, I can't tell you how many times I've thought, wow, we, we can actually help that person with this disability or help this person with an education issue or this person with an opioid addiction, et cetera. I mean, it's a, it is an incredible chance to serve. And like I said, it, just, it made it fun that we could do it together and it made it better because I can't tell you how many times Chris would say, you know, you're not, it's not actually, you, you don't sound like you when you say that. You need to rethink that. We thank you both. It, you're so generous with your time, and, and it has been an honor and a pleasure to, to spend time with you, but more importantly, to, to see this journey and, and, and from afar yeah. and <laughs> reported. Um, but thank you both. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Fun to have you here.